This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how science fiction, horror, fantasy, and comics help us explore our humanity. Today we have the costume designer for a series that has certainly provoked a lot of conversation in The Handmaid's Tale, Natalie Bronfman. She studied and graduated art history and costume and set design at Parsons School of Design and the Academia de Costume en Moda. After completing her studies, Bronfman worked in Rome, eventually moving to Toronto to work at the Canadian Opera Company. She is a member of the IATSC Film Union and maintains a clientele for her Maison de Cotier and is a 2019 Emmy nominee for her work on The Handmaid's Tale. We sat down to talk at San Diego Comic-Con, and here's our conversation. You've had some, a very interesting training Yes. become a costume designer. Oh, yes, I have. Talk about that, and, and also working in Rome, which is pretty neat, too. Oh, you've done all the research. Ah, hey, I, that, that's part of my job. <laughs> well, no, a lot of people don't. I know. It's very I nice. Know. Thank you. You've done the research. I started even before university time. I went to a very um, special private art school oh, nice. where I learned how to paint and draw. Um, therefore, I do my own illustrations as well for my... Um, yeah, nice. And I'm also a tailor. And I can build wow. shoes and hats and dye clothing and age it and yeah, wow. the full Monty. Uh, I attended Parsons for a couple of years and then I was in Rome for six. And in, in Rome, old school training, you they have work on the premise that you can't design unless you know how to do it all. Like all of the positions and all of the things that are involved into being the designer. Yeah. There is more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. Do you feel that's becoming kind of a lost way of oh, yeah. teaching people that there's a benefit to doing all that. Absolutely. Um, and I think I sort of grew up with my parents always saying, if you are ever working somewhere and you're in charge, you better not. You better be able to do their job of the person you're going to fire if you're going to plan to do so. In other words, it just means be well-rounded. It's a dying art now. Wow. But also, having said that, not many shows are build shows, like from scratch. So right, right. I'm very lucky that I got to do that. I mean... I'm over the moon that I got to do this show <laughs> because of just being able to do everything. We we literally build everything: crochet, knit, dye. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you can't go to a store and buy some of no. these things. No. Well, try finding 900 meters of uh, red wool or teal wool or <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's not easy. No. <laughs> so what's changed a lot, obviously, is the use of computers in designing. Work. Yeah. Um, do you incorporate that, or it, it sounds like? There's nothing beats a good old-fashioned sketch. Well, I do sketches by hand with yeah. watercolors and pencils. Amazing. But um, I recently acquired an iPad. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what I actually do now is I, I'll scan my, my photos in, or my photo, my illustrations, and I actually rework them sometimes with being able to draw on top of them, mm-hmm. which is nice, without having to you know, re- redraw the bases over and over again. So that helps a lot. And in terms of that kind of technology, and then... From that, I can actually send it to anyone. That's true. Instead of having to scan it, da da da. Right, right. So, do you find that incorporating like the actor's physical image really helps when you to put the clothes like on top of them to kind of see what they might look like in that? Don't typically do that. Okay. Um, actually, in all of my illustrations, their face there is no face. It's just the cross right, hairs right. for the eyes and the center yeah. of the face. Uh, on my on this particular show. I know them so well because I've been since the beginning there that when I'm designing or illustrating, I know what will work for them physically. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of takes out yeah, the guessing. And you know what they like and what they won't like True. too, as yeah. the character. Yeah, they'll exactly. approach it Absolutely. in the fittings as the character. Always. 
And actually, when we do fittings, um, I always refer to them by their character name. And even with my crew, because it's happened to me once where we had needed to buy something for John, and they didn't buy it for character John, they bought it for John the actor, who was a two shoe sizes smaller. <laughs> <laughs> so on the day, we didn't have the right shoes. <laughs> oh, wow. So now I always say at the beginning, we refer to them always as character names, okay? Unless we're talking about them privately, like personally, you know? Yeah. So they oh, okay. <laughs> Now, do you find that sometimes when you're doing the fitting, maybe the actor hasn't totally grasped the character, but as the clothes come on, they start to change even more? Absolutely. Um, also, like, for, give you an, for example, uh, in our show, Commander Lawrence and his wife, I use them because they're the most out of the, let's say, the, the factions of that world. They're the most irreverent, almost, I want to say, and mm -hmm. you can also morph them a little bit, even staying within the parameters of box of the clothes um, particularly with, with Eleanor uh, Lawrence the wife when I first met her she knew about, obviously about the series and everything but when she put the clothes on she said oh why have you chosen this and I talked through it with her and she said perfect this is this. yes I, I, I like this I want this I want this okay and then we as she reappeared we morphed them into that vein and we, she and I came up together uh, with the premise of how she should dress and behave in the clothing, and that influences the shapes. Yeah. So, um, as she gets further along in the series, she starts losing, you know, lucidity of the normal world. Yeah. And I indicate that with clothing gets bigger, and I talked to her about this, and she said, that's exactly. She actually had a uh, relative that had the same uh, thing happen, and she said, yeah, she forgot to eat, and she wouldn't take care of herself, you know. Right. So Sci-Fi Talk returns in a moment. Well, it sounds like you possess a talent that I think most set designers or costume designers have to have. You understand character and yeah. what, what they are. And the psychology of and, where they are. Yeah, because obviously the way you dress them. I, I was talking to another costume designer here yeah. today. They walk in the room and you know who this person, without them saying a word. Yeah, and the psychology of where and, they are. Yeah. Well, it, absolutely. You look at anybody and you know sort of where are they in their life. You look uh. at their shoes or their how they're walking or how they're dressed and you can almost tell exactly socioeconomic everything about the mental state happy not happy you yeah. know <laughs> yeah that's wild yeah yeah so how do you handle the the time crunch i have a really good team oh wow yeah. <laughs> i have the most fantastic team we're about 20 people typically we're a core of 12 but uh, so we we pull people in and they all come from theater or opera before and so they all have a billion skills i've there got I've got a sewer that is a milliner that I discovered. So she's this year made all the all the millinery she did all by herself. Wow. Yeah, like for the gala. Wow. And she makes all the and the wings are handmade and they take about nine to twelve hours to make one set. Wow. That's amazing. And they do not like rain. <laughs> I'm sure they don't. And subsequently, after season two, we don't use a rain tower anymore. <laughs> Every time we do, I'm like, nope. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> it's oh, it's 12 hours of labor down the toilet per oh, wing. My. Oh, <laughs> my God. So, yeah, they buckle. Because it's basically organza, uh, rice paper, and then an uh, oh, okay. optic white organic cotton. Wow. It creates the perfect light box. Wow. It sounds like you have to be a, a bit of a manager, too. Oh, yeah. Make absolutely. sure everything's going on schedule. Absolutely. Otherwise... Oh yeah, I have. I mean, for example, the the as I said in the panel, the um, the Washington scene, they pulled it up two weeks ahead, oh. and we had to build 250 handmaids from scratch, like top to bottom. Wow! And we we pulled everything: the spats, the cape, yeah, the cloak, yeah. the da 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 da, yeah. including some of the long johns we build, depending yeah. on what's needed. 
and we just like we're whipping them out and two weeks after we had the gala to film wow. and we had 52 dresses wow. for background alone yeah. none of which are the same so I just had the best team. I'm going to ask a little bit of a political question here, Uh-oh. but right. it's it's interesting. It's all about politics. When you, yeah, <laughs> in the show. What's it like when you see your costume yeah. from the hands made yeah. tail being used in a protest because of the nature of the show? That's that's a pretty powerful statement when they wear yeah. that. Honestly, I can say I'm very honored that I've got some like I've created something that they yeah. choose to wear. And I think it's actually quite brilliant that they're choosing this because it's red. Yeah. And red is not just lifeblood and right. you know, um, um, love. It's also anger and courage. Yeah. And you can't ignore it. No. You cannot ignore red. So when you see a sea of them standing there, I actually can't believe we're still fighting over these stupid things to begin with. But Yeah, you know. me too. But, you know, I think the human race is a very, very slow learner. I know. Well, the problem is they're not actually paying attention to what has happened already before. Yeah. I always, right. I always say... I always compare Napoleonic War with Second World War, and when they chose to invade Russia, they both lost. That's right. Because one didn't pay attention to the other, what they had, what the first guy did wrong. That's right. And we're doomed to repeat if we don't pay attention. And I'm, you know, yeah. I mean, I have I have women emailing me from Brazil and Poland and all kinds of like. Ireland, especially when they were doing the vote of their yes. abortion, and, and in Poland, and there was a time, I think, don't get me wrong, I, I might be wrong, but wasn't there where they were deciding they were going to take away the pro-choice again? I can't remember. But there's some other women's right issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In some of our states, they are. And in, the, in the United yeah. States. But, but I'm saying it's not just the United States. It's, it's all over global. The world. Yeah. And they emailed me. They were actually saying, when we put this on, we feel strong. Yeah. The show just touches an amazing chord. Well, it's funny because a lot of the male actors, too, they... When they're acting, especially um, Joseph Fiennes, who plays Commander Waterford, oh, yeah, who is such an amazing actor, like they all are. But he, uh, he sometimes we have discussions and fittings, and yeah. he even says, "I can't believe we're still doing this all again." Yeah, he I says, know. I'm, "He even says, I'm glad I'm part of the show because it's even yeah. though I'm not playing a nice guy." Yeah, yeah, amazing. Pleasure to meet you. It's nice to meet you. Special thanks to Impact Twenty Four and also their Hollywood Game Changers panel, which she was a part of. This is Tony Tolado. 